Hello, this is Pastor Marty Mesito from Fellow Helpers Ministries, bringing you another podcast from the Pastor's Study, Biblical Lessons in the Battlefield of Life from a retired pastor of 45 years who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It's my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over my years of living as a Christian and serving as a pastor. These podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for further personal Bible study. They'll be short, 20 to 30 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. If you have any questions, you can contact me by email. My email address is masitofhm at gmail.com. That's M-A-S as in Sam, I-T-T-O-F-H-M at gmail.com. The title of our Bible study today is Finding That Which Is Lost, Part 3, from Luke chapter 15, to birth today will be in verses 25 through 32. We've already looked at the first part of uh, Luke chapter 15, and now we're going to be taking a look at the third part of it. The first part, if you remember, um, dealt with the idea of the lost lamb and the lost coin, and the second part dealt with the lost son, and today we're going to be taking a look at the elder son. You know, while everyone in our chapter is experiencing joy, the elder son is experiencing anger. And we want to ask ourselves the question today, why is he experiencing anger instead of joy? Let's begin by reading in Luke chapter 15, and beginning at verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing, and he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him, And answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But, verse 30, as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, and hast killed for him the fatted calf, and he said unto him, Son, Thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead, and is alive again, and was lost, and is found. Shall we pray together? Our Father in heaven, thank you for giving us another week of life. Thank you for giving us another podcast where our desire is to hear more of your word and learn. And we pray, Father, that the subject that is pointed out in our text today would be one that we would apply to our lives and benefit by it. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The danger of an unforgiving spirit is what we're actually going to be looking at in this section of verses today. And let me ask you this question to begin with. Have you purchased the item recently that uh, comes with an owner's manual? If so, you've probably noticed that there's an increasing trend due to today's uh, litigation and lawyers and things of that nature, to give a whole series of warnings in regard to the project or product that you have bought. Uh, For example, I bought a still weed eater here a while back. And when I bought that weed eater, it took me two whole pages of reading warnings before I could actually figure out how to operate it. And the reason for that is this. 
The manufacturer, the weed eater, recognized that there's a danger and wanted to warn me about that danger of using it and also knew I could be hurt by using it and wanted to give me a warning so I wouldn't be hurt. When we take a look at this passage of scripture, I believe what we're looking at in the context of Luke chapter 15 is outlined for us very clearly. We see the lost lamb and the lost coin. That was in verses 3 through 10. And the lost lamb and lost coin were both found, and when they were found, they rejoiced. The shepherd rejoiced over finding the lost lamb. The woman rejoiced over finding her lost coin. If you were with us in that lesson, that's number one in the series, we saw emphasis on the word lost, emphasis on the word found, emphasis on the word rejoice, and emphasis on the word one. And the spiritual lesson there was given in verse 17. I'm sorry, verse 7. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Also, you'll notice in verse 10, likewise I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now remember the audience he was speaking to is in verses 1 and 2. There were publicans and sinners that drew near to hear, verse 1, and Pharisees and scribes that murmured in verse 2. And so he starts out the parable of the lost lamb, found, the lost coin, found. The second thing we saw, which was last week, the lost son returning home. That was in verses 11 and went down through verse 24. And here we saw the lost son in his rebellion. We saw him in repentance and we saw him in reconciliation with his father. Now, I'm summarizing that briefly because you have those on the other podcast, but I wanted us to get our mindset here before we begin the lesson for today and recognize that everybody up until verse 24 is happy. The shepherd was happy. He found his lamb. The woman was happy. She found her coin. The man was happy. His son returned. Everybody was happy. But now when you go into verse 25 through 32, you find someone that is not happy or rejoicing, but someone that is bitter and exercising anger. And that, of course, is the elder son. So we would put on this passage of scripture in this happy chapter, warning, warning, an unforgiving spirit will rob one's joy. An unforgiving spirit will rob one's joy. Where everybody else in the chapter is joyful, we come to the elder son and find him angry. Why? Because he did not have a forgiving spirit. And that unforgiving spirit robbed him of his joy. Now, we might ask ourselves this, what robs us of our joy? And sometimes we find it's an unforgiving spirit. Now, when we think about an unforgiving spirit, I believe in our passage, verses 25 through 32, we're going to find three points and we're going to be able to develop them and there'll be a warning for us to not fall into an unforgiving spirit ourselves. What would that be? Well, first of all, I want to mention this. First, there are two signs of an unforgiving spirit. Two signs of an unforgiving spirit. They're located in verse 25 through 27. Now, his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, 
because he hath received him safe and sound. Well, notice under the signs of an unforgiving spirit that the first sign is this. An unforgiving spirit is often a sign of a self-centered life. An unforgiving spirit is often a sign of a self-centered life. The elder son was so absorbed in his work, verse 1, now his elder son was in the field, that he was out of tune with the life around him. He hadn't heard, he hadn't experienced, he hadn't known that his son, his father, I'm sorry, that his brother had returned because he was so self-absorbed in his work. Now, you might think that's a bit critical by just pulling that out of verse 25. Now, his elder son was in the field. But you'll want to also note verse 29, when the father starts talking to the eldest son, listen to what the eldest son says. Verse 29, and he answered, said to his father, lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time at thy commandment, and yet thou hast excuse me, yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. Do you see that self-centeredness there? I, I, and I. And this poor fella, the elder son, seemed to be so focused on, on duty and so lacking of devotion, so focused on his work and so focused about what he was doing that he didn't consider those things going on around him. And a self-centered person might often find themselves in a position of having an unforgiving spirit because they're not looking at the whole picture of what's going on around them. We'll see more about that toward the end of the lesson. The second thing I want to note regarding a sign of an unforgiving spirit is this. An unforgiving spirit is often a sign of a critical life. Often a sign of a critical life. Listen to verse 26 and 27 again. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. The elder son heard the joyful music. He sensed something was good going on. But he also, as he learned about it, or sensed that he sensed there was something wrong. And rather than him going inside and find out what really was taking place, he is sitting outside with a critical spirit wondering, why are they doing this? Why is this music being played? Why is everybody so happy? What is going on? His servant comes out, tells him about the brother. Interestingly enough, the servant says this, he hath received him safe and sound. Now you remember that's a change of words because the father says in verse 24, he was lost and is found. But the servant says he is safe and sound. In fact, a little bit later in verse 32, you'll see the same thing. The father says uh, that he was lost and found. I think there's a little lesson for us to pick up here, and that is this. Spiritually, the work that was taking place was the son was lost and found, verse 24 and 32. What a blessing. But worldly, it was just the idea, verse 27, well, he's just safe and sound. He's just come back. They, the servant, as well as his elder son, is missing the spiritual value in what was taking place in this lost son returning back home with a repentant spirit seeking reconciliation with his father and with his family. So when we take a look at this passage of scripture, we think, you know, this fellow came and he heard the music. He saw the celebration going on, 
but for some reason he was looking for the worst in the situation, not looking for the best in the situation because he had a critical spirit or critical life. Now, these are two signs of an unforgiving spirit. An unforgiving spirit often is a sign of a self-centered life. I, I, I. And an unforgiving spirit is often a sign of a critical life, uh, not actually looking at what's really taking place in spiritual value. He, the lost, was found, but just taking a, a look in a jealous fashion that he is there safe and sound. Now, let's take a look at a second thing. Two symptoms of an unforgiving spirit. What are the symptoms of an unforgiving spirit? Well, they're in verses 28 through 30. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Two symptoms of an unforgiving spirit. The first one's in verse 28. An unforgiving spirit is often accompanied by anger. You'll notice very clearly, verse 28, and he was angry. He knew his brother returned. He knew everybody was happy about that. The servant tells him it's taken place, tells him his brother's back safe and sound, and he was angry about that. Now, let me mention something to you about anger. Anger is a God-given emotion. We can't question that. And all anger is not sin. I'll listen, for example, to Ephesians and chapter 4 and verse 26. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. God doesn't say, don't be angry, but God says, be angry, but sin not, and let not the sun go down in your wrath. Get it solved and resolved as quick as you possibly can. Don't let anger linger in your life and bring up a root of bitterness. However, there is anger that is without a cause. You may remember in chapter 5 of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, verse 22, the Lord Jesus says this. In verse 21, it's, thou shalt not kill. But Jesus says, I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause. Now, he didn't say angry with his brother, period. He said, angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the consul. But whoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. So anger itself is not sin, but anger can become sin if we don't handle it properly. And anger without a cause is sin. That's not fair, and that's not right. And you'll see here there was no cause for this elder brother to be angry, and yet he came in and had this symptom of an unforgiving spirit by displaying right out front in verse 28, and he was angry and would not go in. You see, the second symptom of an unforgiving spirit is this. An unforgiving spirit is often accompanied by jealousy. Do you see the jealousy there in verse 29? The I, I, I in verse 29 that we've already read. And then the jealousy, verse 30. But as soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots and has killed for him the fatted calf. Folks, he was just plain jealous. He was comparing what 
I have done to what he has done, and he gave it in ugly detail. This younger son in his return, as we saw last week, was very repentant, not even wanting to be called a son anymore, willing to be called just a servant. But now this elder son looks at him as so jealous because everybody's making merry about him and, and here they're killed the fatted calf and different things of this nature. The elder son was doing what he was doing, I believe, to get what he could get versus doing what he was doing just because it was right. I know that's a harsh criticism and I may be off on that, but when you read the verses and think about it, the son, in comparing himself with his younger brother, was not wise. We're not to compare ourselves with ourselves. He should have been comparing himself with Christ. And, uh, and, and when you compare yourself with Christ, you realize that all your righteousness is filthy rags. You don't deserve anything you have. But instead, the elder brother was very angry, a symptom of an unforgiving spirit. And the elder brother was very jealous, a symptom of an unforgiving spirit. So we see here, as we're looking at our passage today, two signs of an unforgiving spirit. Number one, it's often a sign of a self-centered life, and it's often a sign of a critical life. The elder brother certainly had both of those. And number two, two symptoms of an unforgiving spirit, uh, often accompanied by anger and often accompanied by jealousy. And we can see the elder brother had those characteristics too. Now, the third thing we want to note is probably the most important in our study, and that is this, the shortcomings of an unforgiving spirit, the shortcomings of an unforgiving spirit. Listen to verse 31 and 32. And he said unto him, son, thou art ever with me. That's the father talking to the elder son. And all that I have is thine. Again, the father talking to the elder son. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Same wording that he used back up in last week's lesson in verse 24. Now, what do we see about the shortcomings of an unforgiving spirit? Well, an unforgiving spirit does not comprehend the grace of God. An unforgiving spirit does not comprehend the grace of God. By God's grace, all that we are and have is of him. And by God's grace, others may have this too. We need to receive God's forgiveness, and we need to be free to give God's forgiveness. And you know what? An unforgiving spirit has a shortcoming in that regard. They just can't bring themselves to forgive others and sadly, oftentimes, they can't even bring themselves to forgive themselves. And if they do something that's not right, even though they may ask forgiveness for it, they have a shortcoming. They can't understand how God could forgive. And they, they are harsher on themselves than God is on them. <clears throat> the Lord says very clearly in his word, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The scripture also says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And so an unforgiving spirit has a shortcoming, and that shortcoming is it does not comprehend the grace of God, and that is sad. The second shortcoming would be this. 
an unforgiving spirit does not comprehend the teaching of Scripture. An unforgiving spirit does not comprehend the teaching of Scripture. We made reference to Matthew earlier. I want to make reference to Matthew again because the Lord deals very clearly with the idea of forgiveness in Matthew chapter 18. We'll turn to Matthew chapter 18 and begin reading to verse 14, and let's see what the scripture teaches about forgiveness and see if we can comprehend it so it will keep us from having an unforgiving spirit. Matthew 18 verse 15 says this, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, take with thee one or two more, and in the mouth of two or three witnesses, that every word may be established. God gives a plan or a pattern here for us to be able to get forgiveness or receive forgiveness if we've wronged somebody or somebody has wronged us. And it's a wonderful thing to understand that truth. And that truth is that God forgives and we need to forgive also. But if we have an unforgiving spirit, as we can see, it's going to cause us to have anger when we should be rejoicing, going to cause us to be outside when we should be inside. Notice secondly in Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 22, that's moving down to that passage a little bit, but you might ask the question and say, now wait a minute, I can forgive once or twice, but that's stretching the limit to go beyond that. Well, God says in the teaching of scripture that an unforgiving spirit needs to be more than just once or twice. It needs to be what? Well, let's take a look. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Um, till seven times? Seven's the number of perfection. Sounds good to me. Jesus said unto him, verse 22, I pray not, excuse me, Jesus saith unto him, verse 22, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. In other words, an infinite number. There should be no limit on a forgiving spirit when it forgives people who are seeking forgiveness. That's very important. And that is a lesson that the elder brother did not understand. Because he had an unforgiving spirit, he did not comprehend the beautiful teaching of Scripture regarding forgiveness. You know, there's another passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 23, because you might say, well, I don't know. I think there's certain offenses that go too far and don't really deserve to be forgiven. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ faced an offense that went as far as you can go when his life was taken from him at Calvary. But listen to what he says in Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. This was Jesus being crucified on the cross of Calvary, and he had a he had a forgiving spirit. If he if he if anyone deserved not to have a forgiving spirit, it would be him. He was totally innocent. He had no fault in him. And yet here he is dying on the cross. But yet again, he had a forgiving spirit. Forgive them, Lord. Uh, they know not what they do. And recognizing again our teaching of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, forgive one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath 
forgiven you. Now, we've moved quickly through this today. I know that. And I, again, am so glad that you can pause along the way and read and think about what we're sharing here. But I'm excited about this lesson because I believe the Lord has given man a warning and especially given Christian people a warning. And that warning is this, the danger of an unforgiving spirit. It can wreck and ruin your life. And the truth of the matter is, you can sense when there's an unforgiving spirit, number one, because there'll be the signs of an unforgiving spirit. Self-centeredness, I, I, I. The idea of a critical life, looking at things uh, worldly instead of spiritual, uh, safe and sound versus lost and found. Also, the second idea of the symptoms of an unforgiving spirit, often accompanied by anger, often accompanied by jealousy. And then thirdly, the shortcomings of an unforgiving spirit. It does not comprehend the grace of God. And oh, how we need to comprehend and remember that. And number two, it does not uh, comprehend the teaching of Scripture where Jesus Christ himself teaches us to forgive and even seven times 70. Warning, an unforgiving spirit will rob one's joy. I wonder who's listening today that has lost their joy. And one of the reasons they've lost their joy is because of an unforgiving spirit. Something has happened to them, and maybe the person hasn't even asked forgiveness. Something has happened to them, and it was so painful that when the person asked forgiveness, it was just impossible, seemingly, to give. But it can be given by God's grace. I, I don't know what may be causing someone to experience an unforgiving spirit. But I do know this, and I should be honest in sharing this. The elder son's attitude is understandable, but the elder son's attitude was unacceptable. His, his attitude was understandable, but it was unacceptable. I mean, think about it. The elder son stayed the elder son worked with his father. He, he did all the work and his brother was away wasting his living and wasting his inheritance and things. And you can understand, humanly speaking, why this elder brother would struggle with that. But when you have a spiritual mindset and when you're right with God yourself, you recognize this may be understandable, but this is unacceptable. And I'm going to, by faith, do what God wants me to do. I am going to forgive. You'll notice the father did that with the younger son. The elder son could have done that with the younger son, with his younger brother, but he failed to do that. And as a result, listen carefully, the eldest son sat outside fuming while the others were inside rejoicing. See, that's the danger of an unforgiving spirit. The elder son sat outside fuming while the others were inside rejoicing. Don't allow an unforgiving spirit to leave you out in the spiritual cold. This has been from the Pastor's Study with Pastor Marty Macedo. If you want to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at macedofhm at gmail.com. M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M at gmail.com. Lord willing, we'll post another, um, another podcast next week.
Now remember, warning, just like I had those warnings on that booklet with that skill weed eater, and if I didn't follow those warnings, I could cause danger or harm to myself. Warning, you can cause danger or harm to yourself with an unforgiving spirit, for it will rob you of your joy. The eldest son sat outside fuming while others were inside rejoicing. Are you allowing an unforgiving spirit to leave you out in the spiritual cold? Thank you for listening and have a great day.